Swanson to first. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Welcome to another week, episode 93 of For Future Considerations. Wow, we've made it this far. My name's Manny, the boys are here, Matt and John. Episode 93, guys. Throw out your favorite, throw out your favorite sports athlete who wore number 93. Yeah, what do you say, the Dougie Gilmore episode? Ah, (laughs) see, of course, that's the obvious one, right? Sure. I'm not trying to trick anybody here. (laughs) It's the only one I can think of. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. There's got to be a Red Wing who wore 93 back in the day, Johan Franzen would have wore 93. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Johan Franzen. That's a good Red Wing. Was there a Canuck who wore 93? Uh, I'm trying to think. I can't think of one off the top of my head here. Let me. I'm going to Google that. I can't think of a 93 Canuck. Um, uh, Dougie Waite back in the day, I think was 93, right? Um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, isn't he 93 right now? Well, he might be, yeah. I, oh, I at least we're it, prepared. That's the most important thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Dougie, Dougie Gilmore is definitely Yeah, the I, I went with one. the easy one. Yeah, I went with the easy one. But hey, if you think of one, let us know. We always love to hear a big thanks to everyone who reached out after our last debate last week about our biggest sports stories of the year. And we got some pretty good feedback, too. Okay, just to jump back, no Canuck. Oh, he found one? No Canuck has ever worn 93 in team history. Oh, wow. That's why I couldn't come up with one. <laughs> Interesting. It's about time somebody did, though, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to wear a nice high number every once in a while. Like, why wouldn't Mark Messier wear number 93? He oh, was the greatest great Canuck. Canuck of all. Oh, don't even get me going. This <laughs> <laughs> is a great start to the show. Talking oh. about Mark Messier. <laughs> he doesn't get enough airtime on this show, I tell you. One of the, one of the greats. He's, he's got a book in over, Sean. <laughs> We've put in the request to get him on the show. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Great. I feel a really bad case of COVID coming on. I think I'm going to be sick that week. <laughs> yeah, sure. He, he shows up here, Rashad, and you would talk about how great he was and, and how much you meant to the city and all that stuff. <laughs> you would. Yeah. You just go 180 <laughs> degrees on that. Or you'd just be sick that episode. <laughs> but we did get a lot of feedback after last week's show about the biggest sports stories of the year. So thank you for that. Yeah, we had some people deliver some write-in candidates, such as uh, John, John Gruden's firing with the Las Vegas Raiders and then baseball's yeah. labor <laughs> dispute. All that, although that storyline is sort of developed at the end of the year. Yeah, they apparently they are meeting again. I heard Tuesday that they are meeting again in the baseball labor dispute. Okay. Do you guys have do you guys have high hopes for that or what? No. 
Neither do I. No, I think there maybe somebody left something at somebody else's apartment or uh, <laughs> there's something in the boardroom. They're just like, oh, man, I can't believe I, I forgot my glasses. I got to I got to get back in there. Maybe we'll just, you know, we'll meet up and and, uh, and exchange Valentine's and, and just move along. Yeah, I don't know. I still have a feeling. I feel like they're going to get it done in time for a shortened spring training and then we'll see some baseball in the spring. I'm hoping. Yeah, I I sort of agree along that same line. I think that the last minute they're going to get a deal done and spring training will be shorter than normal, Mm -hmm. but the season will get started on time. Let's hope for sure. Well, I mean, we went over uh, all of those great moments uh, in the world of sports, some not so great ones as well. But if you did not listen to that episode, you can go back and listen to episode 82. Share some thoughts on your top stories from the past year in the world of sports. That's right. And then we have plenty to debate on this show. So let's get right to it. Snap good, hold good. And Raiders in, Chargers out, Steelers in. Did you guys bet for a tie in the Raiders-Chargers game for Sunday night? I did. I jumped on the bandwagon. And he was thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. I stayed up to watch it, too. Uh, uh, (laughs) Nice. uh, I didn't watch the game until the fourth quarter. And when the Chargers were making a comeback, I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Here we go. And then it goes to overtime. They both kick field goals. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. (laughs) <laughs> and then the Raiders go and blew it. And they did, yep. Now, I didn't get in on the fun, uh, as much fun as some other people did, who picked Jacksonville to beat Indianapolis and the tie in a parlay. Oh, wow. There were a few bets out there, and there was I some s- big money on the line. I saw some of that money. There were some people that had put thousands of dollars on on that scenario. That was That was wild. Did you bet for the tie? I told you I wasn't touching week 18. I, yeah. I wasn't going anywhere near any of those games. I was. Uh, I watched some of the scores and stuff. And, and you always, after you bet, you always, or don't bet, I guess is the, for a better way. You're always checking the scores. And you're like, ah, I could have won millions tonight. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have won anyways. So it, it was the only bet that I laid. I, I, and I did bet Dallas to beat Philly big. Uh, because I knew Philly was playing their high school football team <laughs> right, right. And, and not their NFL team. I thought that was easy. But those were the only two bets. Fair enough. Brutal. Yeah, I haven't bet in a while. I had a couple of uh, losses in a row, and so I always end up taking a break for like six months <laughs> after I lose a few. I'm like, how's, uh, how's your Bitcoin doing? Uh, that's not good either. <laughs> so we had Rashad's betting corner that went down by the wayside. We had we we had Rashad's Bitcoin corner and that went down by the wayside too. What's next, Rashad? We got to find out something for you. Oh yeah, I gotta. Maybe in the next episode we'll figure it out. Okay, we'll yeah, come I up start, with something. Yeah, we'll start selling human organs on the black market or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we get into that. Sure. Yeah, we got a guy. <laughs> We know a guy. That's right. <laughs> the Detroit River's right there, you know. <laughs> sure. I was thinking we know a guy in Markdale, but <laughs> <laughs> why's it got to be down here? Yeah. <laughs> Good point. So as we talked about uh, the Raiders, they get into the playoffs with the win. And so do the Steelers while the Chargers season is done. So we're going to make some playoff uh, picks on the OT later this week. So stay tuned for that. But now that the season is done, uh, who's your NFL MVP, guys? 
It's a good question. It's a good question. There's a few guys that are are right up there um, for for possibilities. I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers will be right up there. Tom Brady's going to be right up there. Um, you know, I think the one that, uh, as far as a, a dark horse or, or an upset pick, if you want to look at one, um, I, I think Joe Burrow has a, a real good chance of, of getting some votes. Um, I mean, if you look at the the numbers uh, specifically, I mean, Tom Brady threw for more. Um, he had more touchdowns. Um, he had about less about a percentage less. Um, completion percentage. He, he graded out better uh, overall. So I'm I'm kind of sour on uh, on Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, I do think he would be the the favorite in the locker room right, right now. But uh, to not say Aaron Rodgers, I'll say Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I'm sort of of the same opinion there, Matt. I, I like Joe Burrow. I like Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts, but I don't think you can pick a guy that. His team did not make the playoffs. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, and the biggest choke job ever, the Indianapolis Colts. Ever. So, so I, I wanted to look up some stats, too. And I know Rodgers had the better completion percentage uh, and the better QBR rating. But, uh, you know, I looked at Tom Brady, and you're right. He led the quarterbacks in most categories, completions, passing yards, touchdowns. His team won 13 games. The one thing that stands out for me is everybody talks about how Brady has all these weapons. You know, Godwin, Evans, Brown, Gronk, Fournette. They all missed at least one contest due to injury. So Brady did not have his top skill players available for all but two games. He basically had his lineup for two games out of 17. And to be missing those guys over that much of the season and still put up 43 touchdowns over 5,300 yards, you know, I I think Brady's, it's Brady's MVP award. And uh, I don't, I think Rodgers is a close second. Yeah, it's unanimous. Sorry to be boring, but I agree with you guys too. Brady for me as well. Uh, the Way other- to go, Rashad. There you go. <laughs> um, the other debate that rages on at the end of the season here is the firing of coaches. Three were let go on Black Monday and another was fired on Tuesday. Joe Judge was let go by the New York Giants. So that means there are now seven coaching vacancies right now in the NFL. Which one is the biggest surprise for you guys? I'm not surprised by Joe Judge. The Giants won four games. This past year, they won more last year, but I think they were just as bad. Um, Matt Nagy, gone. Vic Fangio, gone. Mike Zimmer, a bit of a surprise with Minnesota, but, you know, they had missed the playoffs two years in a row. Uh, I think Brian Flores is the biggest surprise. The Miami Dolphins let him go, even though the Dolphins were on the cusp of making the playoffs. He did finish below 500 over three seasons. He had a 24 and 25 record. But the last two years were winning seasons for the Dolphins. And so I think he's going to find a job without a doubt anywhere he goes. He might be the next Chicago Bears coach. Uh, I guess there's word there was a power struggle in Miami, and that's what cost him his job. But I think that that might be the biggest surprise. Yeah, I think that's a good question too as to which of these coaches that got fired is going to be the first one 
to get hired because there always seems to be a, a carousel there for sure. I'm surprised by Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. I thought he was having a great season. I thought there was Shut great up. rapport there with that team. Uh, I thought he was really building for the future. That was a big surprise to me. <laughs> nothing, nothing in the NFL surprises me anymore. Nothing. These guys, you know, a, a regular coach circuit. If you talk to any any coach in, in really any other sport, the regular coaching circuit it takes about three years for them to implement what they're looking to do, have their type of players when they come and take over uh, a system. You get two years most of the time in the NFL now. Sometimes, in some cases, you get one. So these coaches don't even get a chance to really set up what they're they're trying to do. Uh, so no coach firing is ever really going to surprise me anymore in, in the NFL. I think it just continues on, and it's going to be the same recycled guys that kind of come through, and there's going to be another six firings next year, and, and we're just going to keep going through this, this circle over and over again. I'm going to be interested to see what guys do get pulled out, because there's always a couple of guys in college there's always a couple of new coaches uh, that kind of uh, pop up. There's always an older one that, that comes back. And the one that I've kind of been watching just from being down here and, and seeing the Detroit media all the time is to see if Jim Caldwell is going to get a phone call um, to see if uh, for an opportunity, whether he gets on with another head coach that's new at a program. But it'd be interesting to see where these coaches end up, how many of them get head coaching gigs again. This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest, I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my god. Oh, wow. And now it's time for our play of the week, and we have another no doubter this week. To McCarr. McCarr holds in the corner, and now along the half court. Oh, it's all oh, oh. beautiful wheel around move. McCarr oh. shoots and scores! Colorado wins it in overtime. What a pirouette goal scored by the young defenseman, Cal McCarr. Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche scores one of the goals of the year, and it was a game winner in overtime. What a movie put on Kirby Doc. Oh. Like, that was amazing. Yeah, it really was. Uh, unbelievable goal. And for it to be the game winner, nice icing on top. Nice cherry on top of that one. Great goal. Yeah, that'll definitely be on his highlight reel at the end of his career, even. That was such a great goal. Our. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And maybe in the biggest news that uh, we've got on the show this week, <laughs> for future considerations versus Twitter and for future considerations wins, our Twitter account is back podcast ffc so every monday go back there we're going to post the top plays of the week let you decide which play it's going to be come back next week and listen to the podcast and find out which one is selected we are going to get back to the movie brackets as well and yes. i thought it was really interesting manny and, and again uh, like aaron brockovich uh, not giving up the fight uh, against twitter to uh, to make sure that our account came back i thought it was interesting i was looking at the stock market today new york stock has changed for the last month for Twitter, uh, which is about the time that our, our uh, podcast uh, page has been shut down. It was down about 8.83% uh, for the month. We get it launched back up. We find out today it's already up 2%. Already bouncing back. We're driving revenue for Twitter. Clearly. Just Twitter, give the people what they want. 100%. 
So I'm glad it's back. It's a great tool. Most of the time we have highlights of games that haven't even started yet. If you go on there next week, we're probably going to have a, a Super Bowl preview with the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. The playoffs haven't even started yet. It's going to be great. So keep an eye out for that. Twitter podcast FFC is back. Yes, big news. Yeah. And uh, a big thanks to everyone who follows us on Facebook and Instagram as well. They've been they've been chugging along. We're getting some good feedback on there, too. <laughs> that should be our play of the week. Manny Pava. <laughs> just post those emails. It's just one blast after another. Just <laughs> I should. <laughs> had him in the corner. He was in the corner. He was down and out. But here he comes one more time. Rocky, Rocky Four comes in. Big uppercut. <laughs> Von Drago, the Yvonne Drago of Twitter. Yeah. There we go, baby. Speaking of great sports movies. Manny's running up the stairs of the Forest Glade Community Center. Arms in the air. Bench pressing Off a laptop computer. <laughs> Victory! It's a regular Monday night for me, boys. <laughs> he's got he's got Abby and Sophie on bicycles behind him. They can take away our Twitter handle, but they cannot take away our freedom. I'm trying to get my nine-year-old to record the video. Who's <laughs> with me? <laughs> Each got brooms or something like they're javelin, the, the old knights in shining armor. Oh, shit. Well done. Well done, Manny. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it, boys. Appreciate yeah, the story. <laughs> and then uh, more hockey talk. There's a lot to talk about with Evander Kane finding his way back into the NHL despite his legal woes and bankruptcy. We even got a question from Chet in Plymouth, Michigan. So does Kane make it back this season? Apparently, it's it's close. <laughs> yeah. at, at the time that we're recording this, uh, apparently uh, uh, Ken Holland is is all in, and and there's a, a deal uh, on the table uh, for for Evander Kane and the and the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, it, you know, it will be interesting to see uh, how this uh, this appeal goes, or um, or the uh, what's the word I'm looking for that was uh, appealed by the, uh, the players' association there. But you know, he breaks protocol two times he tried to use a fake vax card uh, earlier in the year as well again the other financial issues and, and things like that that he's got on his resume it's getting longer and longer and seemingly one of those guys that you'd be okay with with kind of dropping out of the league in the next little while just because of of some of those stories but it does seem as though the edmonton oilers uh are are calling so i mean if it's not edmonton and there's no way edmonton's the only team that's not going to call that deal doesn't get done he'll be back soon just like ab just like ab yeah i think he's going to be back too i i really don't think you should be coming back after blatantly lying about some of these things. Like I'm the same way with uh, not to get too off topic, but Djokovic and tennis right now too lied about his status. When you have players who um, you can't trust them setting a bad example, making your league look bad or your organization, I would have a tough time bringing him back, but I think someone will. There's always someone willing to bring back a player if they have talent, no matter what they've done. 
Yeah, and you know, Edmonton's trying to get him back on the cheap here, right? But the difference with Djokovic is that it's an individual sport, right? Uh, where are you comfortable inviting Evander Kane into your room and trying not to Great mess up the chemistry? I like <laughs> The the Oilers have some issues. There's no doubt about it. But I don't know if you have Duncan Keith in that room. He's supposed to be a leader. Can he handle Evander Kane and keep everyone together? Like, I don't know if I want that guy in my room, especially when I have the team that I do and the superstars that I do and the rest of the team is underperforming. Is Evander Kane going to solve your woes and take you to the promised land? I don't think so. Yeah, that's true. He could turn your dressing room into a complete disaster. Mm -hmm. Especially with that team, too. I still don't even see a fit with the Oilers. I mean, we've talked about the Oilers on this show. What do the Oilers need? They need goaltending and they need defense. And they've already got guys in that room that are talking about each other. And you hear that in, in the goaltender comments that were made earlier. Like, it's already a pretty bad place. We've been talking about Dave Tippett losing his job. We've been talking about Ken Holland losing his job. Now you're bringing in one of the, one of the bad boys and, and not in a good way. With the bad boys of the NHL, like this really could go go sour fast. And I don't know anything about Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl as leaders, what they're like in the room. I've never really read much about it. But just from the demeanor alone, neither of them seem like guys that that talk a lot, uh, that kind of get in front of the the, the group and, and address the group uh, in those kind of things. They're not that kind of visible leader that, that you'd see or, or that you know of, of on some of the other teams. So I'm, I'm not sure that this is, uh, like I don't think the Edmontoners need him, but I really don't think this is going to end well. Yeah, remember the sh- there were Sharks players who didn't want him in camp. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and didn't want him in the dressing room to deal with all this stuff. And these were guys he went through the war with. Yeah. We also asked this question on our social media. For all you Toronto Maple Leaf fans out there, is Jack Campbell leading the Vesna race as the NHL's top goalie? He's got some great stats if you just want to look at stats. 17 wins. His goals against is 199. His save percentage is 936. That's pretty impressive. But... For me, I think I might go with the former Leafs goalie, Freddie Anderson in Carolina. 18 wins. If you if you just want to look at stats, 18 wins, 1.96 goals against, 929 save percentage. And I think Carolina is a better hockey team. So uh, I, I like Freddie Anderson more than I like Jack Campbell. There's other names out there. I don't know if you guys like... Uh, I know, Matt, you're a big Vasilevsky fan and Tampa Bay fan. Tristan Jari's having a great year stat-wise in Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know if Jack Campbell is the leader. He's not the leader for me. What about uh, Thatcher Demko? Come on, a uh, sparkling 920 save percentage for the Vancouver Canucks. I was waiting for you to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my goodness. I uh, Honestly, I like Markstrom in Calgary. And then I like, you know, again, the numbers that are there just over two for the goals against average, 926 save percentage. So not the the top numbers on, on the league and, in other place. But, you know, and, and Manny, you kind of alluded to this uh, this earlier. I mean, 
when you look at those three teams, where would we expect Carolina to be this year? Where were we expecting Toronto to be? Where were we expecting Calgary to be? I, I didn't think Calgary was expected to be very good. Now they can fall off um, because right now they're just sitting in a, in a wild card spot in, in the Western Conference. But I think they've been pretty impressive and, and his numbers have been excellent so far this year as well. Yeah, I'm surprised at where Calgary is. I mean, and they're not blowing up the league or anything, but where I expected them to be compared to where they are, um, he's a big part of that for sure. Yeah, like if I'm Calgary, I'm adding at the deadline, right? Like, yeah, right. You never thought that you would be in this position. I think that's a great point. We also got this question from Peter on social media after this amazing call by referee Wes McCauley. Peter wants to know if referees make it to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Isn't that the greatest call ever? Yes. <laughs> fighting. <laughs> fighting. <laughs> yes, Peter, referees do make it into the Hockey Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, there's, there's a, a few of them for sure. There's a, there's a good handful of them. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if Wes McCauley is a Hall of Fame referee. He's certainly an entertainer. Um, but uh, I'm not sure he's Hall of Fame material quite yet. Tuesday was his birthday. Yesterday oh, really? was his birthday. How old is nice. he? I, I honestly he can't don't be that know, old. actually. I he cannot be that old. <laughs> Speaking of birthdays, big shout out to our good friend of the podcast, uh, Jaden Lindo. It was his birthday on Tuesday as yes, well. Yes, that's right. Wes McCauley turned 50 on Tuesday. 50! Okay, I, I just said around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe this is the beginning of uh, of a Hall of Fame career. Maybe he just ends up being the Michael Buffer of uh, the <laughs> NHL one day. <laughs> <clears throat> Did you know he was drafted by the Detroit Red Wings? Of course oh. he was. Of course he was. <laughs> Look, we got. Look, we might even hire him. Look, Nicholas Lindstrom's back on board, guys. Like this has got this has got the makings of of a dynasty. I'm telling you, We're, this is part of the Iser plan, is it? This is. Oh my God, this is what an Iser plan it is. It's almost it's almost Stop. too easy. It's almost too easy. What what's going on in Detroit? Stop. I'm telling you. Back. Chris Draper's in there already. They got McCarty doing a little bit of stuff for you. Pretty soon, we're going to be bringing uh, Mickey Redmond into the into the fold, oh, take him off TV, gosh. make him a, a, a VP of uh, of analytics or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's going to be it's going to be huge. Uh, just boys, on, get get on the bandwagon now because this is going to be just unforgettable the next the next probably 20 years next 20 <laughs> years I think for this Iser plan top oh my god that's like, brutal first, I was already reading the first time they're ever going to give two guys from the same team the Calder Trophy uh, they, just, they can't decide that's, between come on. Uh, that's uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just telling you what I'm reading. This is not this is not, not personal sure. opinion. I got Tony Ferrari right. in the hockey news blowing me up all the time here. <laughs> like, oh, can you believe this? He, he's got a great piece on the hockey news talking about rebuilds and such uh, on, on how teams go through a rebuild process. So check that out in the hockey news. First one. Of that course, is a just, great piece. It's a great that piece. Is a First great one, piece. of course, he just starts with like, OK, so here's how the plan works. And then we're going to look at everybody else. It's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. 
<laughs> and now it's time for rapid fire. <laughs> okay. No, no, no follow up comments, guys. Nothing, nothing no. else to throw out there. No, no. We'll just leave that where it lays. <laughs> Are you ready? Get us back on the rails, Rashad. That's right. <laughs> Chris in Elmira writes, I know you guys are big OHL fans. Who won the OHL trade deadline? Well, Matt and I are down in Windsor, and Windsor made a couple of good moves. In particular, I really like the move adding Andrew Parrott from Owen Sound. I thought that was a fantastic move. I know uh, the Spitfires have been eyeing him for a while. They really liked him, and they got him. I'm actually going to go with Hamilton as the winner. Not only did they add Mason McTavish, uh, but they also add uh, Arbor Jackeye from Kitchener as well. They add what might have been the top forward available uh, at the deadline, as well as a pretty good tough defenseman as well for Hamilton. I, I like the moves that Hamilton made. I think my favorite story of the trade deadline, maybe in a very long time in the Ontario Hockey League, is the possibility of Mason McTavish getting stuck in Peterborough uh, after the trade took too long and then trying to flip him one more time and it just got in under the wire. It's crazy. And we have Ashley in Burlington. She also sent us an email. She's a big Raptors fan. She wants to know if Fred Van Vliet should be going to the the NBA All-Star Game. Now, the NBA All-Star Game, just to be sure, because I have no idea, you don't have to have people from every team in it, right? It's just That's correct. That's right. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, And he just got his first career triple-double. I think he's the best player on the Raptors. Um, He's leading the league in minutes. So they're playing him a ton, 37 and a half minutes a game. And he's one of those guys that is shooting 45% from the field. Um, His numbers have been fantastic, but he's also averaging six assists per game. So he's making everybody around him that much better. And he's pretty good defensive player, too. I think he's an all-star all the way. Yeah, it's it's hard to look at his at his numbers and, and kind of get a, a good view of him um, being up here in, in Canada, certainly more than, than anybody else. Um, like, I, he just kind of breaks down as an, as an all-star. I mean, that's he's played like an all-star the last couple of seasons. I think this is probably the first year he's really starting to get noticed on a national stage, but we've seen it for a while from that kid. We have another listener question. Jacob in Athens, Georgia, was so happy the Bulldogs won the National College Football Championship. Fitzpatrick, now another flag. Bennett launching. Mitchell. He was so happy he messaged on social media and wanted to know if we had the dogs or Alabama winning the championship. Of course, the Georgia fan reaches out on social media (laughs) after they win the title. Jacob, you're telling me that after they win the title, (laughs) all you've got on the go is messaging some (laughs) podcast from Ontario, Canada. Oh, come on, Jacob. Listen, I, I watched that game as soon as the wide receiver for Alabama went down. I knew that Georgia was going to win because uh, Alabama was already down John Mechie, who was from Brampton. Good Ontario kid. 
he was already hurt before the game. And then they lose Williams, was the uh, wide receiver's name, Jamison Williams. Uh, he had 65 yards and four receptions before he got hurt. He was on a tear already. As soon as he goes down, there was no one left for Bryce Young to throw the ball to. Georgia's defense took over, and I knew Georgia was going to win that game afterwards. In fact, I'll tell you, I had I put money on Alabama to win, and as soon as Williams went down, uh-huh. I put money on Georgia to win. So. <laughs> Covered yourself. Nice. I I still just uh, just spin back to uh, when Manny was making the argument that Michigan should have been number two uh, over Georgia, even though uh, Georgia had already <laughs> played Alabama, lost to Alabama. Michigan hadn't, and they already had them flipped from from three to two. The number two team in in the country, and really the team that lost once to the number one team in the country and then beat them in the championship, deservingly so, wins it all this year. Listen, so Georgia's one, Michigan's two, right? Because they lost to Georgia? That's Only how, I, Like, do they do a season ending? Yeah. So then they have to, right? No, there was Georgia one, Alabama two, Michigan three. Oh, see, that doesn't make sense to me either. Alabama lost twice, both yeah. games. Right? Yeah. Alabama lost twice. Well, Michigan did lose twice, I guess. They lost to State and they lost to Georgia. But Wow, you guys kind of agreed there. That was so much friendlier and warmer. You guys turning over a new leaf early in the new year? No, not at all. Okay. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, about that uh, game too, the uh, college football championship. Did you guys notice that uh, didn't Georgia have Alabama gear on at first when they were yes. celebrating? <laughs> They were handing out championship hats, and some of them were Alabama hats. How do you screw that up? Yeah, that's impressive. That's hilarious. (laughs) And finally, we have a submission for Pump It or Dump It. This one is from Maya in St. Thomas, who submitted this one from 2K Golden. The song is called More Than Friends. It's a remix of the classic Biz Marquis song, Just a Friend, which was released in September of 1989 in a great drunken screaming song. So, guys, <laughs> for Maya, do you pump it or dump it? I'll pump the Biz Marquis song every day of the week. <laughs> Me too. I don't like this 2K Golden song, though. I don't know what you guys think. I'm going to dump it. I don't know what you guys think. You know what, Manny thinks he's, uh, I think this is the second best song we've done on Pump no, It. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. No, this, like, uh, so if you're going to redo the song, can you do something a little bit different to it? Like yeah. other than just kind of rapping in between, like the beats, the exact same too. It was, oh, I, we're, no, no good at all. Yeah, it's. It's like you took the Mona Lisa and finger painted on it. That's what this is. <laughs> yes. Oh. That's exactly what it is. That's a great analogy. Wow. John Rashad is the best color man in the league. You know, <laughs> right there. 2, 2K Golden is a big fan of the show. So, uh, <laughs> was that his name? Is that his name? TK Golden. Okay. I'm a big fan. So, 
Be careful, John. <laughs> and that ends another weekly debate. But Huge remember, fan we- of yours. Loves, loves <laughs> you. Follows you on the gram. He's always checking in on Bruno. And then, then you go and say finger painted on the Mona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll send him some audio of me uh, serenading Bruno and see if he can work that into something. <laughs> nice. Oh, no. We're, we're getting... <laughs> We're, we're going to have to cover that again. Well, I know we're running out of time, but we're going to have to bring this back up. Let's bring it up on the next edition of the OT. Let's bring it up later this week. <laughs> so that ends another weekly debate. But remember, like we said, we do have that other episode coming up this week. The OT will make our NFL picks for the Wild Card weekend. And we'll have a special guest to join us to help us make those picks. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, follow us on social media for a great debate, more content as well twitter's back podcast ffc on twitter and instagram and for future considerations on facebook and you can also send us your questions and comments and topic suggestions at for considerations at gmail.com our sponsors are fantastic we want to thank them for staying on the air with us especially <laughs> shane topolovic of next level <laughs> athletics specializing in nutrition and sport training we're out After of bad last things, week, to, we're out of bad close, things to right? talk about, Shane. We're, we, man, Manny was on the, the Trojan horse to save Twitter. I had to call Shane and bring him a fruit basket, <laughs> and, uh, and I think we're I think we're all right. And <laughs> you did a great right. job with that, Matt. Thanks yeah. for saving the sponsor. He's he's Just, renewed for the next month. So he was so excited that you called. Didn't he try to get you to come out? And train in minus 20 degree weather? Yeah, he's still doing that. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's been a couple of the coldest days that we've had in the last couple of years. So let's go running outside with Shane Topolovic. If you're interested, <laughs> it's Next Level Athletics. You can find him on Instagram uh, and uh, and Facebook. I don't think he's got Twitter. Does he have Twitter? I don't think he does. But uh, he hugely, valuable, hugely valuable sponsor. We're, we're thrilled that he's renewed uh, up until February. <laughs> And he didn't even make Matt piggyback him up Suicide Hill to do it. So that's no. kind of... <laughs> Not yet, at least. Not, Not yet. yet. Not at all. This is this was just week one. <laughs> After you guys going on about me running around Forest Glade with a laptop, he's going to try to take me to Suicide Hill next. <laughs> Boys, another great episode. Fantastic stuff. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later this week on the OT. That's the next edition of Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.